Week number three, week number three, week number three in the NFL. And here on the Sunday card, our fearless co-host, Patrick Kern, from Europe. Euro Maddie is now back to being old US of A Maddie. Back from Albania, back from Turkey. Oh, it's good to see his face. Doesn't have a bear pelt. I'm very disappointed, but that's okay. I'm sure Justin Fields is smiling somewhere and Maybe he'll get him to be his OC if he throws another coach under the bus. Anyway, Matty Ice is back. Your host, Dan Zampano, here with you. We're without Lewis today. He is, I guess, taking a sabbatical, I guess you would say. But uh, we are back for week number three. Matty, welcome back stateside, my friend. It's good to have you here. We can finally get locked into a full week of football. Yes, we can get locked in. Uh, Albania was amazing. Turkey was great. Uh, they they don't have the NFL there. Uh, it was the one problem I had. I had one I had one hotel week one that they had one German sports channel. I was able to watch uh, the Chargers and Dolphins on it with German uh, German broadcasting, which was interesting in its own right. Thank God it was the game of the week. But uh, it's great to be back after after a, a wild wild trip. Like you know, everybody once in a while, if they're in a situation and they can't get a game, like. Sometimes you have to go to those illegal streams. And I've watched like the BBC ones before, which I actually like. There's no commercials for it. They just go straight to the studio. But watching it one game in German, that must have been like totally wild. I, I, was, I was scrolling to the guy and it's an NFL live. And I was like, there's no way. I was like, there's actually on here. And I turned it on and it was just in another language. But uh, not even you know. the game, not even the game, just NFL live. <laughs> Yes, no, and awesome. I was like, oh, I had no idea what game was coming on. And I was very happy to see. I, caught, I can't remember what the end of the one o'clock game was. That I, oh, it was the Browns, the Browns Bengals. I caught like the, I basically caught like the last couple of plays, which the game was already over. But uh, I was ha- I was happy to catch that one. And, and we did, we did watch a couple, you know, we found a way to watch a couple games week two. Once we were, we were settled in, we weren't quite running around uh, at the time of the week two games. So I caught a little bit of them, but, but not a ton as we were, we were doing a lot out there. Well, sure. I mean, you know, we catch like a, I don't know, how how off was the time? Because you catch like a night game at like 4 a.m., what'd you get? Yeah, I was going to say, the, the 1 o'clock games, uh, we were, it was, Turkey was seven hours uh, ahead, and, and Albania was six, so, um, you know, games were starting at six or seven, eight o'clock, 1 o'clock games were starting at six or, or sorry, seven or 8 p.m. Uh, yeah, the, the, the night games came on at two in the morning, so I did not catch those, but they were my first, like, it was the one thing when I woke up every morning, I didn't even look at the score. I just went right to the YouTube hot, like the YouTube like game sure. recap where they actually give you a good, decent, like 20 minute, 18, 20 minute recap. Didn't check the score. So it was, it was good enough that I got to like get a flow for the game and didn't know what the final result was. So uh, I'll tell you what the first game I did watch was, was the Sunday night game after week two. I watched that oh uh, first thing God, when I woke up in the morning. Yeah, couldn't couldn't was, wait to see what happened in that one. That was Matt. I'm in a foul mood after that. After mm. this last couple of weeks, I'm really, mm. I'm in a foul freaking mood. I just, I, I, I just can't get. We can't get this team to play right. We really just can't get them to play good early in the game. It can't get them to play good right at the end of the game. It's like everything in between is is there. It's there for the taking. But we'll talk about the Patriots in just one second and other people from week two. Let's do a little uh, Matty Ice quiz. I know you've been in Europe for a while, so you know I figured. You know, you're around, running around Europe. I figure maybe we talk about some quarterbacks this week, Matt. And I just want to give you, like, a little quiz on some quarterbacks that might be surprisingly good. And then just get your take on, like, who you're most surprised about. So I'm just going to do a little quiz for you. Ready? All right. All right. So can you tell me 
how many quarterbacks in the league have over 700 passing yards and who they are? Uh, so how many have over 700 passing yards? Two is definitely one. Uh, I would say, if you would like to think it's Pat Mahomes, it's certainly not Pat Mahomes. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been airing out because that rushing offense is He has been crap. airing it out. Um, how many? How many did you say there were? Four. I I didn't say if there how many there were. I was going to have you guess how many. Oh, you, you've gotten looking at you. gotten two. So I got two so far. Herbert. No, you're good. You're pretty much good. That's it. Just oh, two. that's all. Yeah, Tua has is leading the league in passing yards, and Kirk Cousins. The <laughs> only two. The next highest is Matt Stafford, six hundred and forty. Yeah. So he's he's up there too. But those two guys are absolutely ripping it up. Matt, give me a number this time on how many quarterbacks you think have at least four touchdown passes and one interception or less. How many quarterbacks? Uh, how many? I would say four. That is exactly correct. There are now, four let me, let me, quarterbacks let me in the I, league. I Let's go. Jared Goff. He is one. He has four touchdowns and one pick. Kirk. Kirk, Kirk Cousins again. has Perfect. six touchdowns and one pick. I still could. Uh, could it be Jordan Love? Jordan Love leads the league in touchdowns with zero interceptions. And uh, two again? Don't miss this one. I'll give you one more guess. Don't miss this one. Oh, my God. Now you just got me. Dak? No, they got all defensive touchdowns. Uh, Russ? Russ! My guy, Russ. Russ has five and one interception. He is third in the league or tied for second in the league. Or no, I'm sorry, alone in second in the league. It's incredible. So those are the guys. They have four quarterbacks, Goff, Wilson, Cousins, and Love. All have at least four touchdowns and no and one pick or less. Okay. Final one. A quarterback in the league that leads all other quarterbacks in rushing yards. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is correct. Now I'm going to give he you the top off, five. He went off last week. I know he went off last week. Yeah, he did. He, he has 102 rushing yards so far. I'll give you the other the guys in the top five. Number four, number two is Lamar Jackson. Number three is a tie between Anthony Richardson and Patrick Mahomes. And number five, Jalen Hurts. Certainly not Justin Fields. We're missing our guy. Where is our guy? Somebody's missing. I I don't know if he's our guy for much (laughs) longer. I don't know if he's our guy for much longer. Oh, I I beg to differ, my friend. The the, the media stuff this week has been bad. It's been bad. It hasn't been good. So a lot of stuff from this week. A lot of stuff from last week, too, with you taking the Bears on our Moneyline Parlay. Come on. There were a lot of good ones out there. There were a lot no, of good ones. No, there were not. There were Seattle, not a lot of good ones. Seattle was a good Seattle was a good I, Seattle felt like public dog of the week for me. Okay. I know, uh, I know. Everybody enough. was fading. Everybody was fading the the Lions beating, you know, beating the Chiefs Thursday night. Big, big deal. Uh, Seattle was like Seattle closed. They were like 75% tickets and like 75, 76% money. Like it was it was heavy on Seattle last week, and I was just not so sure. 
about Geno Smith, but again, I, I, he bounced back. He bounced back. He's looking all right. Very true. Very true. He did bounce back. Let's go to the uh, let's go to that uh, week two slate. A lot more green for you than for me. Maddie goes three one and one. Uh, I go two and three, but do again hit the under the weather easily hitting the under the weather with Kansas City and Jacksonville under fifty one. Let's start with Maddie. Uh, you got that Kansas City Jacksonville game. That one minus we gave you three and a half. Didn't really matter. Three three and a half. Uh, again, just a slog of a game. Travis Kelsey couldn't get anything going. Mahomes couldn't get anything going. But Trevor Lawrence as well, just not a good performance. And that Chiefs defense is really good. Yeah, so the defense won that game clearly more than more than uh, the offense did. I mean, the Chiefs are got like they're getting by, but they're gonna need wide receivers at some point. I mean, they have to be in the market to get somebody in there because Canarius Tony. I mean, I heard you guys giving him the rub last week, and he deserves it all again <laughs> this week. And Sky Moore, Sky Moore is not much better either. Um, so I mean, they they really are gonna need something there. And um, yeah, Jacksonville. I mean, certainly not the MVP season start that we are hoping with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's not. Uh, hasn't taken that big of a leap forward. No question about that. Uh, we'll get to this right now. The head-to-head. What else is new? Maddie wins. The one that counts. The one that the counts. The one that counted. That's the only one I wanted to win last week, Dan. I heard, you know, I I, I got to listen. I didn't get to defend myself. There's a lot of laughing. There was a lot of chuckling <laughs> going on between you and Lewis last week. And look who came out. It's just, I mean, the Bengals are slow starters. We Like, this is a thing we need to know now. Because, again, Zach Taylor starts to, like, get back I don't know what is going on obviously I mean the injury came at the end of the game for Burroughs that really didn't impact it too much but um yeah I mean Harbaugh as a dog in the division was is a good pick and I'm getting mocked on the show and getting getting a hook and all but you know I mean again we think Cincinnati is going to be there at the end of the year but exactly how I saw it in in the season projections when I had them missing out finishing above 500 but they're gonna start slow when Burrow misses all camp and it, you know in a in a league where and, and a conference in the AFC that's absolutely loaded right now. Um, someone's going to miss out. But, I mean, luckily, we can slide right into the next game. You have yeah. the Chargers at 0-2. Yeah, you have the Chargers at 0-2 because they're freaking defense because they have a yeah. defensive head coach that can't call anything. I, I understand now. Trust me. I Dan, I get it. All right? I'm – don't – you can't not count more. The offense is great. Oh, no, we great. can. Oh, no, we can. Again, with and, and we'll get to Kellen Moore a little bit more later. But, like – Again, they have had this tendency late in games where they have kind of just flushed out their play calling. To me, it's not about, oh, they put up numbers. They Of course they put up numbers. Sure, they throw it all over the yard, and they've got a great quarterback. But at the end of the game, they seem to have a lot of problems play calling. They seem to continuously get sacked at the end of games for whatever reason. And their play calling is uh, – there was a video today Warren Sharp put out, and it was mostly about Kenny Pickett and the Steelers and how bad their offense is. But he talked about quarterbacks that were throwing outside the numbers and how that that has made things a lot harder and there are a lot more, you know, low percentage throws. And the quarterbacks that are throwing, like, in between the numbers are throwing, like, the same distance, just a little farther out. But those throws to the edges are really, really, you know, they're hard throws to make towards the numbers. So – Justin Herbert has consistently been one of those quarterbacks that has been throwing to sidelines, throwing to Mike Williams on the edge, throwing to Keenan Allen and not getting those yards per attempt up. And, not, and especially late in the game, you have to move the football. Like you need, you, you need to do that. So they just have not been consistent. And I think part of the reason is because Kellen Moore, though they are scoring, though they are putting up yards, 
he's not really setting himself up for success later to make that chess move. That's where I'm going with the Kellen Moore thing. And that's why I think the Chargers have failed late in games. No, that's fair. And again, the defense for a guy that like got the coaching job for the defense that the Rams had when they won their Super Bowl. He just doesn't seem to know how to adjust his play calling at all. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. I I think he is just, he he is way over his head and his defense has never been any good. So that was one that I, I was surprised you took, but Little controversy with this game, uh, you know, we had, but uh, Packers, once again, barely able to cover, win, lose by one. I gave you plus one and a half. Obviously, we didn't say it on uh, on the show. It was there. You know, nobody could have gotten minus one and a half. But Packers plus one and a half, of course, we're going to give that to you. Closes a plus three. I thought the Packers were – I thought that was a scary spot to take the Packers. And I think it proved out that it did. And – we got a little lucky. I mean, definitely got lucky. And, and, but then just some bonehead plays. I mean, uh, Jordan Love getting a false start on himself on a QB sneak. Like, he he he, he tried to go, but he must have forgot to say hike and didn't, like, say, I mean, some really dumb things that, like, happened in that game that I, I think the Packers shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Like, they, I think they could have easily won that game and won it by, you know, a, a, probably by a score. Uh, that might have covered a minus one and a half, if that were the case. But, um, yeah, I mean, Falcons and that rushing attempt, that rushing attack. I mean, are we just – have you been watching the Bijan Robinson run, the run on, yeah. on loop? Like, like I With have. With that camera? Did you see the camera? Oh, that camera that? is this incredible. He makes a guy miss by, like, five yards. I, I don't know. I mean, he made three guys miss. on It's, a, it's only a nine-yard run, but, like, they're runs that should have been a loss of yards, and he just turns every play into a positive. It's incredible. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Last one for you, Panthers, with the push. Uh, again, I don't yeah. fault you for taking it. I like I liked the Panthers, but that offense stinks. Oh, it's so bad. The offense is so hard to watch. I mean, they, they, we were making fun. Like, Adam Thielen's not the guy, but he's he, like, has to be the guy. Like, they're the guy he, he has to go to on third down right now to get conversions. Like, I mean, they cannot get anything moving on offense. Uh, and – I, you know, Bryce looks – he looks comfortable in the pocket, but then it, it's like – sometimes it's like get out and move a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to go on with the Panthers this year. Defense isn't bad. I mean, the defense was able to keep up with them pretty well. And mm-hmm. Derek Carr is going to, is gonna you know, be a sore for me, I think, this year. I, I just I don't – you know, I don't think he's that good, but he's doing just enough. Uh, the, the clip of him – I think you guys mentioned it last week, too, the clip of him when they, they – they they went to call. Yeah, he said, "Give me the give me the one more go ball to Shaheen. And, and that was like an NFL you know, NFL mic up clip. And the best part is Jameis. <laughs> Jameis just on the sideline. Give me a go ball, James. Yes, yes. Like <laughs> James, like yes, throw it deep. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my god. That. Protect Jameis at all costs, man. That guy is hilarious. Uh, again, like I said, I went two and three. Seattle. We talked about that. Geno Smith uh, pulling that one out. Uh, Seattle got a big defensive play uh, in the second half that caused it. I think they got a fumble return for a touchdown. So that was big. I'm going to get to the other one in a minute, but I want to go through the losses as well. Houston was dead on arrival. I mean, I cannot believe that they did not cover and not with Gardner Minshew in the game. Like, come on. Like that's, we got it. I wrote that one with you too. I wrote that one. I really thought that that was a good spot for them. Yeah. I hated that. Uh, Cincinnati, like we already talked about absolute dud. Burrow might be hurt. Oh my gosh, the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots, uh, 
just continuously, continuously. I said it last week, and I don't, you heard it. Look, if they can't find ways to win in the fourth quarter, everybody, everybody's on the lamp. Everybody's, everybody's, you know, on the chopping block to me. Like, if they lose this game, I mean, we're seriously talking about a regime change if they lose this week. So they have to win this week. I thought their defense, for as many plays as Miami made, they only scored 24 points. They they had the umbrella defense that we talked about. That was the game plan to hold them down there, and it just felt like the Patriots were playing for field goals, and maybe they'd get a defensive touchdown like they did all year last year. And it just it's very frustrating. I don't know who's worse, Carolina, New England, or Pittsburgh when we talk about offense. I, I don't know who's worse. Pittsburgh is a problem. Matt they Canada, I, I, if Matt Canada is not gone, I mean, they lose this week. You got I think you got to get rid of that guy. He, they are so bad. I was looking back. I saw something. I think it's like they've only had 350 yards of offense in I think one game since the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. Like one or two games since the beginning of last year, they've only had 350 yards of offense. It's like it's it's really really bad. And again, we the preseason really fooled us all. And it's like. It's one of those things where you can you, you you see the box scores and you forget and it's like well Pittsburgh's starting their entire offense a first team offense and they're going against mostly second teams uh, and it's like you know again yeah varsity can beat up JV but when they actually play another varsity team it's difficult no oh, no question no question I do think the Patriots will bounce back this week I do it'll be a wet nasty game Jets like Zach Wilson like I'm not really afraid of it but. Man, it's like who cares if they win this game? If they win, they they beat a bad team, you know. They beat a bad quarterback, I would say. You know, it's it's really going to count against those good teams. Last one, Matt. God bless Sean McVay. He knew, he knew, and he came through. That man just uh, he can shake my hand until it falls off. That's all I'll say to Sean. Says, he says he didn't know, you know, we're just going for point differential at the end of the year. We're just trying to, you know, we're just trying to, we're just trying to, you know, get as many points for an offense. And a field goal would have saved more time for an onside kick. That was all it was. That's the only. With four seconds on the clock. Incredible. <laughs> I, I I love it. I love it. And uh, you mentioned how good Stafford looks. I mean, that offense is great. I mean, that offense is really, you know, clearly Stafford was playing with a shoulder injury at the beginning of last year before he went out with the surgery. Uh, I mean, he he still got plenty of zip on that ball. Boy, oh boy, it's it's Pukunakua season, baby. I it mean, is. This guy, this guy's always open. He's always open. Twenty targets, fifteen of twenty for like hundred forty yards, hundred fifty yards, something like that. Man, that guy is awesome. There was a stat that came out. Uh, I think I saw it today. I think it was Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football said, uh, "Who has the most catches?" in their first four games of their career. And the answer was Stephon Diggs had 24 catches uh, in, in his, uh, in the first four games of his career. And I think Puka Nakua has 25 right now. So that's like totally insane that he's here. I mean, we were talking about him last week. It's like, Puka Nahua, like, you know, well, now, you know, wide receiver out of BYU, baby. God bless him. God bless them. I love it. Under the weather hits uh, again. So we're two and zero. Bet the narrative loses with the Jets. I liked the Jets. I really did. But Dallas, man, that that D line again get after, getting after Zach Wilson. Uh, bet the narrative 
loses. And then we had obviously the magic money line parlay once again, very close, but of course our man fields comes through with a, with a pick six, doesn't he? He's thinking he's thinking too much. He doesn't know how to play football when he's thinking. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't understand. And it's the coach's fault that he's won two games in 20 career starts. God forbid. Yeah. I'm using my brain too much. That's what I'm doing. Just using my brain. Uh, let's go to week three. Let's make some picks. Maddie has a sizzling hot record of seven, two, and one. Uh, I am six and four, so we're still in it to win it. Uh, no question, but we're both over 60%. Maddie, you won last week. So I say to you and I bid you a good pickings because you are back in America. Pick or pump, my friend. I'm going to lead. I got to lead off. It's been too long since I've given out a pick of my own on this show. Excellent. Hey, this one terrifies me, <sighs> which is which is good. The beginning of games have been good. The scripting is working. The second half has got to find a way. Broncos plus six and a half against the Miami Dolphins. Mm. going to be the number five pick of the week. I, the offense, like I said, I mean, like I said, Russ, Russ is, is throwing the ball pretty well. I mean, Mims, Mims throws the five routes run for two catches and over 100 yards for, for, for Marvin Mims last week. And, and they're moving the ball pretty well. They're doing a lot more play action and keeping an extra blockers in and, and, and making sure Russ has time to throw. The defense has really been the problem. And, and that does worry me going against Miami. And, and Miami is my team for the first two weeks that like, everything they keep doing with the short motion and this stuff that McDaniel is just like next level stuff right now with this offense that I think he's play, play calling this year uh, and the way that they're using, you know, the immense amount of speed that they have. Waddle is in the concussion protocol, and I think that is going to be a big deal for, you know, taking a little bit of that speed off the field, makes it a little bit easier on the defense. I'm confident that Pat Sertan can, you know, there's no shadowing Tyreek Hill, especially with the way that they're moving him around. Um, but I'm confident that he could at least cut off half the field as far as, you know, being able to, to keep extra coverage on the other side away from him because he is so good. So um, I think that They've been they've been extremely unlucky. I can't remember the, the two turnovers too in the game last week. Again, when I watched the rewind, the Russ fumble, I was a little like I felt like he was down by contact, and they and they mm-hmm. they got that one. And then I think it was an interception where he yeah Manuel Manuel Forbes had that crazy interception. That... I still wasn't totally positive he had possession. It like both turnovers to me felt like they really could have gone the other way, depending on the officiating crew if they saw it differently. So that that was like that pissed me off watching those replays, but. They've lost two games by combined three points. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I think that there is a good chance that they could stay within the six and a half here because the Dolphins' defense isn't isn't looking spectacular either. Uh, I, I don't think that they've done anything super impressive. Obviously, Herbert lit them up uh, in Week One, and, and you know, Mac threw the ball pretty well. Um, like you said, against against mm-hmm. them last week, and, and they were able to move the ball. Uh, and they just had drives. They had drives that stalled out in, in enemy territory last week with the Patriots. But I mean, they were able to get into Dolphins' territory at, at a pretty good rate. And like I said, I mean, the, the, the play calling is working, but Peyton's script in the first half is looking great. And it's they clearly just don't have it quite all there to, to put a full game together. Uh, but losing two games by a combined three points, I'm going to take six and a half here um, and just say, you know, I think it's another one, too. It's a, it's a perfect buy low spot um, on them and selling high on the Dolphins, which seemed like, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, this offense is great. And I'm, I'm the same way. So I'm, I'm having to fight that in my own brain and saying, like, Who's going to stop the Dolphins? It's like, it is only two weeks. There's going to be options here to, to beat them and, uh, and and eventually hopefully get home. And that Broncos pass has just got to get going. Um, 
I don't know. Vance Joseph is, is blitzing for, for strange reasons and, and, and not blitzing for other strange reasons. So I'm just hoping that they can stay, um, stay within with the six points here. Well, I think, uh, I think I've seen good pass rush from them, like Randy Gregory. And I love Nick Benito. I think that kid's motor yeah. is like incredible. Uh, I think Baron Browning is on like IR, isn't he? Or is he out for yeah. the year? Yeah. So yeah, if, they had, if they, if they had him, man, I mean, they, they would really be looking good on the pass rush, but Benito has got to step up. I agree with you. I think, Miami is Miami is also, you got to remember, a team that's had two teams have a chance to win it. I mean, both of these teams could easily have the opposite records of what they have. You know, yeah. if Denver makes an extra point in the first game, I mean, that game's in overtime. And, you know, the second game, obviously, they blew a massive lead to a not very good team. Maybe they are good. They're 2-0, but... Uh, the commanders just, you know, really had no business. I think the play that changed that game was the Kareem Jackson hit in the end zone. I think that really pissed off the commanders, man. Like, and that whole, from that point on, it was like, they just could not be stopped. So it's, it's hard because Miami is really good at home. Like McDaniel specifically is really good at home. And that heat, that heat and getting guys running, like Miami's so fast that we can get them, get other teams running in that heat. It, I could slow them down. So, you know, I, I, you know, I can get there with you with Denver. Though. I do. Just got, just got to hope you got the good conditioning from that mountain air. You know, they, they should, should still they should still have the good good lungs from from practicing in the altitude. So that's what I hope. Obviously, it's a different kind of different kind of exhaustion playing in the humidity. Of it's going to be like it was in Jacksonville last week, 120. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the field, absolutely. Well, there's a lot of teams, Matt, this year that are struggling that have players that our quote-unquote superstars that have just haven't gotten it going. But we have to remember that it's not about how it looks. There's only one thing that you need to do. Just win, baby. Give me the Raiders on Sunday night. I know this line has moved, but I still like it. Raiders minus three at home against those lousy Steelers we've been talking about. Look, Last week against the Bills, the Raiders had this opening drive that was like McDaniel's perfection. I mean, they went out and absolutely killed it. The rest of the game, they had eight drives total. Only two of those drives had more than four plays. And one of them was in garbage time and ended in a fumble. It was really, really rough sledding for Jimmy G and the boys against Buffalo. But, Matt, I give that whole game to Buffalo. I thought that was a get right game for Josh Allen. We know that Josh Allen kills teams, especially coming off the losses where he's a big favorite in those games. So I put a lot more emphasis on that game for Buffalo just to get right. They needed to get right game and Vegas just kind of ran into the buzzsaw that is him. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, hold that game out of their bowels, out of their lower intestine with two defensive touchdowns. There is no reason that the Browns should have lost that game. Now, obviously, Nick Chubb going down was huge, but that offense is, like you said, horrendous. Here's a stat for you. The Chicago Bears, who are atrocious on offense, have three trips all year to the red zone. The only team that has less than that is Pittsburgh. In two games, they have two trips to the red zone the entire season. That is horrific. 
Here's some more stats on Pittsburgh. They are one of only three teams that have five yards or less per pass attempt. They are one of only two teams that less, that rush for less than 50 yards a game. They are 30th in yards per play. They are 31st in time of possession. They are 30th in punts per possession. And above all, their offensive line is awful. Matt, they are giving up pressure on 46% of snaps. One of every two dropbacks, Kenny Pickett is under pressure. That is the worst in the league, Matt. But it gets worse when you know that the 31st team is doing it at 33%. So it's really bad what's going on. If you think their defense is better, it's actually probably a little inflated because of those touchdowns and the pass rush. The pass rush is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. They get a lot of pressure. But, Matt, their their rush defense is awful. They're dead last in the league in yards per carry given up. They're dead last in the league in rush yards per game. And Larry Ogunjobi is questionable for this game, a defensive tackle. Cam Hayward is already gone. They're not good at defending the run. Yes, their rush, their pass rush is very good. They're number one in pressure rate. But the Vegas Raiders are number one in pressure rate allowed. They are 3.7% pressure rate allowed. They have been really good. In fact, the Raiders are the only team in the league that hasn't given up a sack yet. So the Raiders, I think they're playing much faster on defense. It wasn't very indicative last week, but I think in week one it was. And, and I think that they will get back to the thing that they do best is opening up the game for Josh Jacobs getting back to the thing that I think that Jimmy loves the most play action to 17 play action to Javante Adams. I think they'll get that going and they'll be able to run it on Pittsburgh much more. I like the Raiders in this game a lot. Plus the kicking game. I think that's a huge advantage for the Vegas Raiders in this game too. They should get points on every drive past the 40 with Daniel Carlson Raiders. This is why I'm happy. I'm back on the show because last week I'm realizing I was away. No mind melts. Let's mind meld. Let's mind meld this one. I'm right there with you on this one. And also, you said three. This is uh, two and a half are very much out there. I, I, I'm looking right now on, on DraftKings and FanDuel as far as where I'm at in Connecticut. You can get two and a half right now. So should we um, just go two and a half and just? So, so I, I think two and a half to play, especially. I, yeah. I, I think that you know, I, I think that's fair. I'm sure Lou, Lou will argue with that. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I, I think that two and a half is out there. I just I just double checked that when you said it. Um, because again, it's, it's grabbing it before it gets that key number. Cause I think it opened up at Raiders plus one, I believe. Right. Yes. Um, and it's gotten bet down heavily since today. And, and again, that's just indicative of everybody realizing that, you know, some people, some people have made the case. I think the Pittsburgh offense again saying, uh, well, they played two our teams. Yes. They played the Browns and they played the 49ers. I get that. But this is, this isn't past two games. This is Matt Canada's offense for the past year. Like we were just saying earlier in the show, how, how poor it's been. Um, and, and again, just everything that you said, you know, the, the Raiders have only allowed five pressures through two games. So he's no sacks. They've only allowed five pressures um, to them. So, you know, if everybody wants to make the case for TJ Watt getting home, uh, you know, they've allowed close to 200 rushing yards in the first two games, as you said. Uh, and, and so I, I think this is a great spot for the Raiders. we got to go against our guy Tomlin here, but it's a short dog. It's saying, and it's under, under, we're getting it under three. Uh, and so I, I really like this. And again, this is a, this is a team at a defense. I think that Jimmy, um, he had the run game taken away from him last week. And Josh Jacobs ran for negative yards last week, um, and that's not going to happen this week. And, again, that, that's a little bit indicative of him missing all preseason with this holdout. So uh, I, I think that he's playing his way into shape, and I think this is a perfect team for him to, to get going against. So uh, right there with you. Let's mind melt. Let's do it. I love the mind melts. It is my favorite thing in the world, silver and black, this week. And fade that Monday night winner, baby. Fade it. Mm. Exactly. Yes, I, I agree with that, too. Again, I think the big story 
uh, come to us. Everybody, everybody's very down on the Browns. Everybody's very down on Deshaun Watson. You know, somewhat rightfully so. He hasn't been fantastic, but uh, again, it's they can't win games unless they score defensive touchdowns. Right. That's Pittsburgh. that's very indicative of that. Trust me. Speaking of Monday night football, Matt, you know we love it. You know we love. To fire the cannons again. Let's do it. Hoist the Jolly Roger. Tampa Bay. No longer Tampa Tampa Bay, excuse me. It's now Tampa Baker. And the Bucks going for it against the Eagles. How dare we step in front of the Eagles? But to me, Matt, you know, talking of pirates, the Eagles seem to be saying, why is the rum gone? They seem a little hungover, don't they? I mean, they seem a little Super Bowl hungover, especially on offense, right? A hundred percent. There's there's definitely something missing from that team this year. There's no question. You know what's not missing is the live arm of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is number five in the league in passing rate. He's also the first quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to start 2-0 and with zero interceptions since Sean King did it in 2000. And that's partly to do with weapons, but it's partly also to do with a great job the Bucks have done on both sides of the line of scrimmage. They have really good good, especially defensively. Defensively, Tampa has eight sacks in two games. They have the sixth highest pressure rate in football, which, by the way, uncharacteristically, the Eagles, in pressure rate allowed, are 29th in the league. Who would have said that going into two weeks into the season? But as well, the Bucks are also sixth in rushing yards per game allowed. Or I'm sorry, rushing yards per carry allowed. And second in rushing yards per game allowed. So they have been really good against the run, something that that's been the only thing the Eagles have really been able to do. I know that they kind of opened it up with Devontae Smith in the second half of that game, but they've been running the ball all over Minnesota. I mean, that's what they had to do to win that game. They had like 200 yards rushing. Now, Philly does have the second highest pressure rate in football, but Tampa, sixth in pressure rate allowed. So the Bucs have been really good on the offensive line as well. And even though Tampa hasn't been great in the red zone, that's been a struggle for them is, is scoring in the red zone, they've had a lot of big plays. And Philadelphia is giving up, in terms of opponents' yards per play, they're 28th in the league in that category. So this is what I'm feeling really good about. I want to give you some more trends from Jalen Hurts. On the road, Jalen Hurts has not been good. 7-13 and 13 against the spread. Worst of 90 quarterbacks since 2020 that have played. Jalen Hurts is the worst one. That's a very surprising stat to me. And how about this one? These are some stats that we got these off the Action Network. Since 2021, September of 2021, home dogs on Monday Night Football, 11-4-1 against the spread, 73%. Fire those cannons! Tampa Baker! Give me the Bucks plus four and a half. You said you love the mind melts, Dan. You said you oh, love the mind melts. You're beating me week. to it. See, I thought. See, I thought if I went first, I was going to get to the mind melts, and I had to give the Broncos out first. Now you're just getting up. Now you're getting all the games I want to pick for me. So we're on the Bucks, of course, this week. Uh, not too much. I mean, like I said, the explosive player is evidence that the Eagles' secondary is still super banged up, and they're they're going to be missing more of those people. This more of those guys this week. Um, with the, with their safeties out, um, you know, people Philly fans are begging for Buda Baker to come over. They're dying for oh, Buda God. Baker, which I he's think, on IR now. 
I know, I know he is. I, I, that's the, the big hype was like, oh, they pulled him out of practice late last week, thinking it was you know not to get him injured, but he was just actually injured in an IR. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I, I love this uh, Baker again. Like we said, I, I fade him last week because I said I don't love him as a favorite, but I, I love taking Baker as a dog catching points. He's got a great against spread record um, that way. And, you know, like you said, it's all about the weapons he has. He hasn't had weapons like this his entire career. I mean, his time on the Browns, um, you know, they, it was before they got Amari Cooper. He was working with Donald, Donald Peoples-Jones basically as, as his number one guy. And, uh, and you know, Carolina, he had nobody. Uh, and we saw that's when we saw flashes when he had with, with the Rams is that he had a little bit of a, a capable offensive coordinator, you know, Sean McVay calling, calling plays for him. And I think that they're doing the same thing now with Tampa Bay. Uh, I, and – you mentioned how the offensive line, the offensive line we thought was going to be a massive problem coming into this year. They've entered PFF's top 10 now as far as their offensive line rank. They are, they are a team that has climbed through the offensive line uh, rankings for PFF uh, going, into, going into week three here. So I, I think that they are doing a great job protecting him, getting the ball out fast, and he's just playing with a different kind of energy again this year. I think he's really having a, quite a resurgence. So uh, Baker Mayfield is the Geno Smith of last year. Oh, I like that. The Geno Smith of la- of this year is of is Baker Mayfield. I really, if that's true, yeah, we were dead wrong, and we knew we were dead wrong before we even said it. So basically, we were right. So <laughs> the Bucks, you know, it looks like they. Can you think about it? There's a three two and O teams in the NFC South. Is that crazy? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw another thing too. It's like. It Baker Mayfield, Desmond Ritter, and I can't remember the other quarterback that they listed are a combined six and zero. And you've got Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are combined zero and four. Oh it's my just, gosh! Just nutty. That is welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL. Well, Matt, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes on this next one. I don't think I am. I don't. I, think I, I, am. I we we are going to have I think at least one more mind meld coming forward here, and I've already I, given up. For, I've already given up three picks. Right. It's like what are we doing? Uh. I don't think that you and me are going to be on the same page with this, but I have to do this because I've been consistent in my message, you know, about this particular team all year. Matt, I think that this game, they should charge double of what they are going to charge because you're not only seeing an NFL football game this Sunday in this particular game. But you're seeing the Kirk Cousins air show. Give me the Minnesota Vikings minus one. Bring your binoculars and come and see this flight. Come and see this takeoff. Matt, this matchup, Kirk Cousins versus the passing defense of the Chargers, is striking. It is striking. Let's just compare numbers. Kirk Cousins, third in the league in completion percentage, third in yards per attempt, second in passer rating. Minnesota, by the way, is third in third down offense, and they're second in yards per play. The Chargers are dead last in opponents' yards per attempt. They are 30th in defensive passer rate, 24th in yards uh, in third down defense, last in defensive yards per play, and 30th in opponents' points per play. Seems like a little bit of a mismatch. Uh, now, look, I know Kirk Cousins is going to throw it all over the yard. Minnesota's rushing offense has not been great. I can definitely tell you that. But burr, 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 the horn is blowing for an old friend of Kevin O'Connell's, Cam Akers, who really should make an impact early. I mean, 
this is basically the same offense they ran in Los Angeles. Very, very similar. So I think Cam Akers holding onto the football should be a lot better for Minnesota than matching him up with Alex Madison. They cannot fumble four times in a game like they did last week. That was totally ridiculous. That's going to be the number one priority for Minnesota this week is just ball security. I think they can do that against a soft Chargers defense. Matt, Herbert's great, like I said, but that play design and that play calling late in games by Kellen Moore just hasn't been great. And the Vikings scheme with Flores, I think, played really well against the Eagles. I think it'll play good against the Chargers. In fact, the Chargers find some fatigue from these really, really close games. It happened again last week. In games in which the Chargers are coming off a game in which they lost or won by three points or less, they're two and seven against the spread with Justin Herbert in those games. In fact, in the last five games of Justin Herbert's second straight road games, so the last five times he's had a second straight road game, he's one and four straight up. One and four. By the way, we want some stats on Kirk Cousins. Here he is. Kirk Cousins starting 0-2 has happened three times in his career. In those week three spots, 3-0 and against the spread. And on losing streaks of two or more, he's 17-7 and against the spread. Third best record of any quarterback in the last 20 years when he's got a losing streak of two or more. Let's do it. Skull! Give me the bucket. No mind meld here on this one. You are you are right, but I, I can totally I get by with your reasoning. I mean, trust me, I had a I had a I got to put like a shot call on myself because again, I was looking through the I was just looking through the board, and my first thought I went, Chargers are dog going against. Oh them. no! Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! I had I had to again I gotta get go through shock therapy or something like that. I, I gotta I gotta get this out of my system. Uh, I, I could I could totally get there with them. It it is crazy to think one of these teams is going to be zero three though. I mean, at the end mm-hmm. of this game, no matter what, one of these teams is zero three. Uh, and, and basically, you know, you gave the stats out last week, how you start 0-2, you already got an 11% chance to make the playoffs. So I, I imagine 0-3, you've got about a 3% chance to make the you, playoffs. You, you, know, you know how many teams in, since 1979 have started 0-3 and made the playoffs? Uh, since you went back to 79, I would bet it's like one. Six. Okay. Six teams in how many, however many years, the 40-something so, years. So, so so yeah, we're we're talking one percent or less. I would bet at that point, we're we're talking fractions of teams that have probably made the playoffs after starting zero and three. So um, no, I can totally get behind you with this one. Also, I'm thinking I don't know what the total is, but this this immediately felt like an over at least for me because again, that the Minnesota Vikings defense is also not very good, uh, and it is they are they are going to attack through the air, and, and clearly I think the Chargers' greater weakness is on the ground, um, but you can absolutely move the ball through the air with them. So um, yeah, I I can respect the pick on that one. Total is 54. Yeah, it, it's high, but and talk about we didn't talk about the the over had a major resurgence last week. Yes. Uh, you know, I think 13 it was, what, and three. I say the, the under was 11 and five, I think, right in week one and 13 and three to the over. So uh, extremes both way, extremes yeah. both way. So uh, good luck if you're betting totals uh, this week and trying to lean which way you think it's going to go, because uh, I'm, I'm sure bookmakers are even scratching their head and, and not quite sure where to where to set these totals at this week. There's been some really low totals this year, like really low totals. And I, and I talked about last week how the numbers have gone down. Also, uh, we had the dogs have consistently been biting nine, six and one again last week. So the dogs have been really good. That's why we always love the dogs on this show. But so we might have one more mind. Note. I got to get to this one before you do. You might 
not be on it this week because you might be feeling a little frustrated, but you know it's the get-right spot, Danny. You know we've been frustrated with this team, and the Mm -hmm. get-right spot is always the Jets, and it's always Zach Wilson. We've got to take the Patriots just under a field goal here at minus two and a half. It does make it a little nervous. It ticked up to three at one point earlier this week, and it went really back quick down to two and a half. So that that worries me a little bit. But, I mean, they've had horrible, horrible luck. I said, I mentioned when I was talking about Miami. I mean, the, the Patriots had six drives that ended up crossing the 50 and going to Miami territory that only led to three points. Uh, I think that there's got to be a little bit of pos- positive regression coming there. Um, and Mac Jones just looked much better throwing the ball this year than he has last year. And clearly, he is much better at throwing the ball. Uh, Demario Douglas looks really good i think he is he's you know one of your explosive receivers uh mm-hmm. that you have on that team and can move the ball you've got ramondre is still doing well i mean he still still has some fumbling issues um he just really needs to be able to hold on to that freaking rock uh and then you got hunter henry in the red zone who's been who's been his consistent red zone threat that he is um but again belichick 4-0 against the spread uh in wilson his career an average scoring margin in those games of 18 points uh and so i just think that this is the right time to get on the patriots uh, again, talk about I, I, Broncos were a buy low spot. This is a huge buy low on the Patriots. Uh, you know, teams that teams that are start zero and two against the spread, going against a favorite with at least one win, get at sixty two percent, and that's at seventy one percent since two thousand ten. That those teams, um, you know, so I, I like this spot here for the Patriots. I don't know if you're going. I think you're sick to your stomach right now. You can't you can't bother mix your heart. Uh, with with your with your picks on this show no. anymore, but I also that makes me even like it even more. Is the weeks that you're kind of sick is that I'll end up getting a win on the Patriots, but you don't have I haven't been one, so I, I'm going to take the Pats here at minus two and a half. Uh, well, now it's going to make me even more sick, like you said. I mean, look, should they win this game? Absolutely, they should win this game. The only I, I think the weather actually plays into their favor. I think Zach Wilson is going to be awful in yeah. that rain situation, high wind, high rain. The total is 36 and a half. It's like really low. Gross. It's really low. It's his Army Navy low. Uh, you know, so I don't know what's happening here. And to be honest, I, I haven't seen either of these teams be able to run the football. Like the Patriots were not good at running the football in the last two games. And they've been running everything at a shotgun. Like there's been no play action at all for the Patriots. And yes, Mac is definitely throwing the ball better. He consistently he always is throwing an interception in a really key spot, but he, he's, I wouldn't say that he's the reason that they have been losing. Obviously. I think it's much more so on the fact that his receivers can't separate. And the one receiver that can got strip sacked and it's like, okay, fine. And he got benched for the rest of the game. So that was, you know, very, very frustrating. I, I don't know what the solution is. It's, it's obviously getting the offensive line better. I think that's, that's the number one solution. I think they will be healthy on the offensive line. That Jets D-line, though, man, they can really muck stuff up. They can really muck stuff up. I just – how can you trust Zach Wilson? So I can see where your logic is. I I think the weather plays for the Patriots as well. I think they'll have, they'll have better coaching to, to deal with that. But, man, I just – it's it's a lean. It's a lean. It's just not there with me. I just I, – I, it doesn't matter to me. It just if, – if I have not no skin in the game, if they lose this game, it's going to matter big time for the future of the team. But if they win this game, it's like, who cares? Go to Dallas next week and win. Beat a good team. That's all I can yeah. say. Yeah, I know. Obviously, they got the they what they they they. I mean, they beat them twice last year, right? Or did they split the season one and one last? Uh, the last Patriots year? have not lost to the Jets since 2015. 
um, they have not lost to the Jets at home since the 2010 playoff game. So I do know this is the in the last 44 matchups, um, the Jets have only been favored once uh, in in the, the Jets and Patriots. So um, it's clear that because it again. I know that you know, like you said that you're worried about the play calling and not running play action. I think though this is a week that like you know head Bill will step into OC Bill and say you know look let's not get crazy here. Let's do what works. We know this, and especially in the, the the muck and the rain, they're gonna probably you know run a little more under center and and not you know worry about trying to run so much stuff out of play action, run the ball more, um, and just get back to the basics against this team. So I, I think that they can pull it off. Okay. Well, you're a better man than I. I I'll be very reluctantly kind of half eyeing the game. I'm just uh, I'll watch it and maybe not tweet as much. <laughs> maybe, oh, you're gonna maybe. watch every second of it. What do you mean? I'll I'll watch it. You're gonna watch it with bated breath. Uh yeah, bated breath. Goodness gracious, uh, Matt. I got a lot of nicknames, as you know. I give you a lot of nicknames too. You're Matty Ice. You know, one of my nicknames that we've established here, Danny Red Hot. That's what we've had on there on the gram. You can go follow. Uh, but with a name like Danny Red Hot, I feel like we got to get spicy. I feel like we got to get heated up. I feel like we got to get ugly at the big toaster. I hate it. Give me the Cardinals plus 12 and a half walking right in front of that train in Dallas. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. We've got Haley's Comet in this game. The first 2-0 against the spread team in the wildcard era to be a double-digit underdog in week three. Have to do it. Just I hate walking in front of it, but I also love it at the same time. Look, Arizona is not very good, but they have a couple of things. They have moxie. They have unique play calling. And absolutely no one gives them a chance to cover this number or win this game. So I'm all in on Arizona to be that guy, to be the contrarian. Look, they do a couple things good. They have nine sacks on the year, second in the league, only behind Washington and Dallas. And then so far, they are fourth in pressure rate allowed. So they're actually pretty decent on the offensive line so far against a Washington front that's good. Uh, and then obviously last week playing the Giants and absolutely just throwing up on themselves uh, in the last, what, 20 minutes of that game. I do like some of the scheme things that they're doing with uh, with Josh Dobbs. Uh, they've been letting him run. They've been RPO action. Uh, I really like what they're doing with read option, uh, putting Hollywood Brown in the backfield. Saw some of that from last week. They've really been mixing it up personnel-wise and seeing how they can scheme things open. They did some good things. Josh Dobbs has been very, very accurate so far. I think he's been decent. And look, the Dallas defense is really good, and Cardinals probably not aren't going to score a ton of points in this game. But it seems like McCarthy's offense seems to kind of just do whatever is necessary to win the game, not necessarily to run up the score. Even against the Giants, they won 40 to nothing, but they had special teams touchdowns. They had defensive touchdowns. The Cardinals haven't been a turnover machine. You know, it's not like they've been turning the ball over left and right. So I think if they can just take care of the football kind of run the ball with James Conner, run the ball with Josh Dobbs. Micah Parsons is going to be really hard to be the read guy, obviously. But if they can just execute a little bit in the run game, I think they could keep this game within two or three scores in the end. And maybe we're talking about backdoor cover. There's a couple of 
things that I want to go over in terms of trends that go against Dallas. Teams with a defense that have allowed less than 14 points per game since 2005 in the first two weeks are 14, 30, and 1 against the spread. That's 32%. Also, teams that have beaten their first two opponents by an average of 25 points or more since 2008 in week three, those teams are 15, 28, and one against the spread, 35%. So big number, but I like it big red. Let's take it Arizona plus 12 and a half. Yeah, you're you're a braver man than I. I could not quite get there on this one. I mean, that we do have that that that's tough. And I think everybody is seeing that again. We have to fade public opinion of everybody. Dallas is a great defense, but it is, it's right now they are seen as unbeatable. They're the world, you know, the best defense that's ever going to exist. And you've just sometimes got to fade public opinion there. Uh, another thing from the Action Network, Evan Abrams gave out that no team since 2008 has finished with a ticket count of lower than 11%. And right now the Cardinals only have 11% of the tickets on them. Oh so you are on an island on your own, but sometimes. That is exactly where you need to be uh, getting that 12 and a half points. Yeah. Well, another thing too, Trayvon Diggs today uh, going down ACL tear and practice. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. Holy yeah, crap. He happened. That happened today in practice. They tore his ACL. So that's a huge loss for the Dallas secondary. That's big too. Yeah. Like I said, and the weakness, if there was a weakness on Dallas, it's their rushing, rushing defense. You know, they don't have a ton of rush run stoppers. So I think if they can, if the Cardinals can try and move the ball a little bit, uh, just running the ball and controlling the clock, uh, then I think that they did, they absolutely have a chance. Like I said, maybe it's a backdoor, or maybe it's just trying to trying to muck it up and play it ugly. Awesome, love it. Uh, I don't know if you've given out your number one because we've had so many mind melds, but let's do number one. I did. I had, Vegas was in contention for my number one, and I was I, I had this slated in there before, so I'm okay with giving it out as my number one now. I mean, man, there there are a lot of there are a lot of double digit uh, underdogs mm-hmm. this week. You gave out one with the Cardinals. There's one tonight on Thursday night with the Giants yeah. as we record this right now. And there is one more double-digit underdog. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm not picking the Bears against the Chiefs. I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing it. That scared me. Just, I just had to tease you there for a little bit. No, 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 no. We are we are off taking the Bears. I said we are not doing that this week. But we're close to a double-digit underdog. And this is another sickness that I have. But this is too many points in a divisional game. And we got to take the Houston Texans catching nine oh, points I like the this. Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars. I like this. All right, so I, I went – I pulled the rug out from underneath you. You there. scared <laughs> me to death. I said, you cannot be this crazy. You just can't. No, I've got a little bit of sensitivity to me again. I'm, I come, I've come down from the altitude. I've gotten some more <laughs> oxygen to my brain uh, since coming back here. Uh, but, again, Houston, they have not – you know, they've shown a little bit of life on both sides of the ball. I mean, the, the – the defense last week was not wasn't their best, and you know I they're they're moving the ball really well on offense. I think a lot of it is garbage time with CJ Stroud. You know they're they're behind in games. He's moving the ball a lot. Another forty plus attempt game for him, which I just don't know if this is the recipe for winning games. But again, D'Amico Ryan's and a rookie quarterback. They're just getting their feet wet and they're just figuring this out. Houston's had uh, Houston's only been one of six in the red zone this year. Uh, so I think that they're going to hope for some positive regression there. They're getting red zone trips. They're just not converting. And, and meanwhile, on the other side, teams are converting at close to 80% on them on the, on the other side. So I think if we see both of those start to come back to league average uh, as far as their offensive and red zone, uh, defensive red zone percentages, that they could stay in this game. 
Trevor Lawrence as well. 0-5 in career as a favorite against the spread. Mm. 0-5 against the spread. And last week, Houston obviously was Houston was playing with four of the, uh, five offensive linemen out in that game. Uh, and we, we have good news about Larry McTunstall practice uh, Wednesday. He practiced Thursday. So I think their best offensive lineman, their most important you know left tackle position on that line is going to be there. And, and Jacksonville's O-line is still banged up, and they're still missing some pieces. So they co- haven't quite taken the step that we saw. Like we said, they – uh, you know, only nine points at home last week against Kansas City is very concerning. They also matched those underdog the, the trends that I gave you against the Patriots. You know, zero uh, and two straight up against the favorite, they sixty two percent, and they also hit, fall into this one as well. Teams that are um, underdogs that started zero and two against the spread uh, are hitting at sixty two percent as well. So uh, I, I like Houston here to keep this one close, a divisional game. Uh, you know, we love betting underdogs in the AFC South, as we always mm. say. Like they. None of these teams are well. This year, they actually look pretty decent. You know, you get the, the Falcons. Falcons working their way up, but uh, we we love taking the dog, especially over a possession. Uh, and this is this is also very much recipe for a backdoor cover in this game. This is a Houston Texans podcast. It very much is. Yeah. I mean, we really. Uh, I've, I've again, seen the you line. you flip you flipped your your script. I did, and I'll tell you that. And, and again, I shouldn't I, have. I, mean, I shouldn't have last week. I shouldn't have. No, that you, was a championship game right there between you and me. But I say, but I, I mean, Anthony. Uh, Unfortunately, couldn't finish the game. Anthony Richardson is very good uh, as well. As far as running the ball, he's very good. He, yes. he might be, you know, Justin Fields 2.0 as far as that goes. <laughs> but uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. But again, I think C.J. Stroud is progressing pretty well as a passer. Nico Collins. Nico Collins has been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Tank Dell. Tank Dell is also a very good wide receiver. Yeah. He is a very good wide receiver. So they've got weapons on offense. And I think that they're going to be able to, to move the ball pretty well in Jacksonville this week. I like it. I like it. It's in my leans. Houston's in my leans. So I, I had New England and Houston in my leans this week. <sighs> Maddie, we missed you. We really did. I, I mean, I, I'm so interested where you're going with this one. I thought I, I thought one of those last two was going to be a mind melt. I really did. I really did too. I, you know, and, you know, I, I talked about it last week a little bit. I said, Maddie's probably up in the mountains, you know, like he could, like, what are you going to run into in Albania? Like, to me, in that part of the world, I just think they're all the secret creatures of the world, you know, like the ones that we never see, you know, because, I mean, they're just, you know, nobody's on TikTok in Albania, I think. I mean, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. You might know. But, you know, to me, I was like, how can you trust what's going coming around a corner in Albania, in the mountains? It's crazy, right? Well, Maddie, welcome back to the USA. Because there's one thing you can trust in America, and that's riding your trusty steed. Yeah, give me the Broncos, mind meld. You were right, baby. I love it. Give it to me. Straight no chaser, baby. Nothing like you can trust a trusty steed, the white Bronco. I love it. I love the Broncos this week. Oh, my goodness, Matt. You really had me fired up. I had to hold that one in for this entire show. To get us going well let me tell you something matthew for as great a miami offense is that they are like i said they had two games in which their opponents could have won the game and like you said two losses by three points for denver this line seems incredibly inflated except you know we looked at it and we saw this line opened at three there's a look ahead line was three and now it's six and a half. Like, no, thank you. I, I, I'm sorry. Denver should be able to run the ball on this Miami front. They should. And they should be able to throw it down the field. 
Miami's given up almost five yards per carry on defense. They gave up 200 yards to Austin Eckler in week one. Russ has been throwing it down the field with authority. You mentioned Marvin Mims. Love that dude. The ball's down the field. Plus, he's got the fourth highest passer rating in the league. And Javante Williams is due, man. That guy is due. You can see it. He he has these runs in the game. I watched that whole game because Washington Commanders was our local game down here. I watched that whole game. Javante just jumping out of cuts. You could see he's ready to break one. And he just couldn't get one to go. And I think he is poised and ready to make that happen. By the way, a couple points on Russell. We talked about this with Kirk Cousins. Russell is the second best quarterback in the last 20 years on two game losing streaks or more. He's 14, four and one against the spread. Number one in that category is Drew Brees. Guess who Drew Brees' coach was for his entire career in New Orleans? Mr. Sean Payton. And Sean Payton, by the way, in that same spot with a losing streak of two games or more, is 19 and nine against the spread. And He's also 50, 30, and 2 against the spread as a dog, second to only Mike Tomlin in the last 20 years. How about this little stat, Matt? I know I'm frustrated with the Patriots, but how about teams coming off of playing the Patriots? Since 2018, the Pats might not be as good as they used to be, but they still cause teams to play to exhaustion. Since 2018, playing New England, the next week, the team that played them went 16-23-1 the following week if they went up to New England and played. The worst team among those teams is Miami. They're 5-11 and against the spread when playing up in New England the previous week. Also, we need to fade that Sunday night winner. Like we talked about the Monday night winner, we fade that Sunday night winner. Miami's 2-0 and on the road. Denver's 0-2 at home. Make it make sense. And if it doesn't, take Denver because it doesn't make sense anyway. Love the Broncos. I love it. I love it. Someone's got to, someone's got to find a way to, to crack this Miami offense open. Like I said, I, I think it's such a good spot where it, people couldn't be lower on the Broncos and they've really not played nearly as bad as they have last year. It's just people are still liking it to pick fun at Russ right now. But I, I think he's played so much better. Uh, and Miami is on top of the world with that offense. Um, so I, I think it's a great spot. I'm also concerned, like, is Teron Armstead going to play this year? Like, um, uh, is, he, is he actually – like, Miami's O-line is not very good. It's just they get the ball out so quick. And yeah. and then on the other side, you mentioned Jalen Waddell uh, on, for the offense, but on the defensive side, but Jalen Phillips. I mean, he didn't play last week. He tweaked his back in practice. I mean, I imagine he's going to play, but – those back injuries, you know, do they give you a hundred? Like those are tough injuries to come back from. So I don't know. That Zayvon Howard hasn't been very good either. I mean, so you know, you, you miss you miss Jalen Ramsey at the beginning of the year. Zayvon Howard's looking like he might be over the hill again. We we talk about all the time how fast those corners can go downhill. Once they once they reach that peak, they go down pretty fast. So, uh, it, you know, it's not necessarily shocking at that position for him to be at a really high level last year and. And he has been trending down a little bit if you look at his, his, his grades and his PFF grades and stuff and coverage numbers. So he might just be might be over that hill hump now for, for corners and heading downhill. So uh, I, I think it's a great spot. We got to get Mims more than five routes this week, though. We got we got to oh, yeah. keep airing it out. Those moon balls for Russ still, still are out there. He still throws that freaking great moon ball that touches the sky and comes down. It's the best deep ball in the, in the game. It's the prettiest deep ball in the game. There's just nobody throws it like him when he's throwing a deep ball. So I hope that Russ is back. I really, really do. 
I, I and I think him, I really think Javante Williams is due for a breakout game too. He cannot be this, he cannot be this least productive. Like I think they'll get him going Samaji Pure on the whole nine yards. Uh okay, let's go to Leans. I mentioned mine already. New England, yeah, very reluctantly, but yes, I think the weather will help them. Houston, I love that one. Plus nine and a half in Jacksonville. Matt, anything else? Um, yeah, I had a couple other ones. Um Atlanta, again, Atlanta plus three. I, I just it yeah. worries me. Des, Desmond Ritter going into Detroit worries me a little bit. I know I keep I keep bringing him up, and Arthur Smith's just like, dummy. I'm not giving it to him. We're just running the ball a hundred times <laughs> a game, and we're and we're possessing. I mean, they are dominating time of possession on offense, just controlling the clock uh, with that rushing attack. You know, Bijan really had his breakout last week after everybody was super nervous about Algier in Week One, but. Algiers still got 16 attempts last week. They're just keeping they're keep, they got they're like we have two running backs that can have fresh legs and, and we can just keep running the ball down your throat. Um, Rams plus three. I feel like I haven't heard really much talk about this game. Obviously, we're not sure about yeah. uh, Joe Burrow status. So um, even if he does play, he's clearly going to be limited in his mobility. So I, we got to stay away from that one for now. Um, I, I almost wanted to go back on Green Bay as well uh, minus two, but I feel like I'm just getting too greedy on Green Bay. And I, I and like I said, I think that mm. New Orleans is gonna is gonna be my thorn thorn in my side. I got two more here, and I want to get both your pins on these because these are interesting. Sure. My first one out was Washington. I that really was thought one that I, very, I considered them too. I did. Plus six and a half. Um, you know, you don't get the 2-0 by accident. I mean, they, they've, they've played well. And there's something in me that thinks, you know, it's not the personnel, but the enemy's calling that offense. And they clearly had a ton of success against the Bills when he, he was with the Chiefs. So he knows the defense that they're trying to run there. And um, But I just, again, it's like, ugh. Getting getting worried about going going trying three and zero with with Washington even though they, you know, just staying within the touchdown. But when when the Bills win, they win big, um, and and that's why you know you had them last week against the Raiders. I think that was a, a perfect spot to take them in, in on a big number, um, still covering that. And then we already got one against Tomlin, so I couldn't go against our both of our guys. But Cleveland minus three and a half against Tennessee, I think right. got very lucky in that game last week going against a really bad defense. Cleveland's defense, we've been talking, they are so good. They have not allowed a single red zone trip this year. Wow. Nobody has had a play in the red zone this year against Cleveland. And against Tannehill, a guy that cannot move in the pocket, I think that could be treacherous for them. Uh, I think this defense is really good, and I think that you know, if they could worry about just taking away Hopkins um, and, and cover him, I, I think that they could get after Tannehill. They can contain Henry a little bit, uh, who also – he you know. We're always on the watch for him if he's going over the hill. Um, he's splitting. He's getting much more 50-50 uh, with the snaps with Tajay Spears. So mm-hmm. thought about going three and a half Cleveland, but if, if it was at three, it would have been in. But three and a half scared me a little too much to go against Rabel and Tomlin. And right. I'll give you quick thoughts on each of those. I think I think you're exactly right. I cannot get anywhere with Cleveland and Tennessee, especially with Chubb out. I don't. I, I don't want to really touch that game too much. So again, Rabel scares me. The thing about Green Bay. The Saints, you got to remember, I think the Saints are on a 10-game streak of giving up less than 20 points, something like that. Like, they're on a crazy streak uh, where they haven't given up, like, any points or any at least three touchdowns. So the Saints' defense is what makes me nervous for Jordan Love in his, in his week one debut. So, again, another game I'm not interested in. Washington – it's a possibility. My concern is, does the rain and the wind affect Howell more, or does it affect the Bills? Because I've always said it, and, I've, and I'll maintain it, the Bills are not a weather-built team. Um, but I do worry about that young kid playing in the wet rain against a Bills defense that 
the Bills defense has played much better than I thought, it would, much better than I thought it would. So I, I do worry about that game. And Atlanta, I was in on until it, really in the beginning of the week. Five and a half was a great number. Three, I'm not so excited about it. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of where I am with all those games. How do you feel about taking Kansas City minus 12 and a half? Get right spot for their offense. I the receivers, man. The receivers scare me. I it's like as good as Mahomes is, and everybody's it, it kind of the narrative. Oh, he could play with anybody, but it's like clearly not because they still have to catch the ball eventually and, and come down with it. So, I mean, it is a it is a JV defense that the Bears have, and but with the comments out of Fields this week, now I wonder too if they're gonna just kind of say, okay, let's just scrap everything that we've tried to do with like your throwing motion. Let's just run the ball more. I think that they can maybe stay within that 12 and a half number. It scares me a little bit. They're, they're the survivor pick of the week. I don't think they, they win that game at all. I think if you're in a survivor pool, I think you take the chiefs, you burn the chiefs this week. Cause if you look their schedule, I mean, you know, take them when they play the NFC team, because you know, every other game in the AFC feels like a game that, you know, that other team is going to be in. So, you know, they usually want to save those good teams till later, but all the rest of the games, they, you know, they got to play everybody in the division between the, the Chargers, Raiders, I mean, they always beat the Broncos. You could save them for one of those, but that scares me even now with, with how, you know, the improvement they've made this year. They've got to play the, you know, the Dolphins and Jets are uh, risky teams as far as, you know, offensively uh, for mm-hmm. Miami and defensively for the Jets. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't lay that big of a number uh, to, you know, tease them down under a touchdown is, is a different story. Yeah, that's definitely a, a possibility. I think just to me, it's not so much about the offense. I think it is a get right game for them, but. I don't know how the Bears are going to score points. I mean, the way that defense is playing, I mean, holy cow, Spagnola, confusing fields. I really like that game. Uh, so that's probably in my lanes too. I'd probably put Kansas City in my lanes, to be honest with you. I'd really like them. Uh, let's go to the end of the weather real quick. There's a lot of weather games this week. A lot of rain coming to the Northeast. Buffalo and Washington will be a game that's got a lot of weather in it. Rain, wind. Uh, Tennessee and Cleveland, no rain, but really high winds. They're saying maybe 20-mile-an-hour winds in Cleveland this week. But those totals are so low. The lowest total of the week, New England at the Jets, calling for torrential downpours and 15-mile-an-hour winds. That's not going to help Mac Jones or Zach Wilson, but that total is just so low, under 36-and-a-half. It's just going to be hard to get there. And any little score, I know they went 10-3 last year in New England, but last year in New York, it was 22-17. So um, there was some scoring there, although it was a nice day. To me, I'm going with Indianapolis at Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to take the that game under 44 with Gardner Minshew playing. The threat of the run is not there for Indianapolis. But here it is, steady rain all day, 69 degrees, 10 to 15-mile-an-hour winds. I do think the Ravens in these games, in these mucky games, they'll be similar to week one. I, I really do. I think it'll be similar to week one. I think they'll – can want to get out of there with a win and the total's high enough where we can at least not feel like we're dead on one touchdown. The total's 44. So I do like that spot. Indianapolis at Baltimore under 44 in the Edgar Allen Poe kind of Baltimore versus the old Baltimore team under 44 in the under the weather. Let's make some magic. We've been close. We've been very close. I can smell it. I don't want to go through. I don't want to. I feel like the Magic Money Line Parlay is like the Patriots. We're close. Can't get it done at the end. So let's get a win this week, just like the Pats should. 
yeah, we've been we're again combined four points shy, right? We lost by one point week one, like the Broncos. Week, so, so everything's super close. Speaking of, put them in the parlay. We're going to take the Broncos <laughs> over the Dolphins. Hopefully, outright. I know it's, it's that one. That one's risky, but we're going for we got. This is our first like whale play of the year. Oh we're, we're going, yeah, we're going big. Broncos are plus two twenty five, and let's make it a full mind meld money line parlay. Tampa Bay. Mm. 180 there's always going to be there's one oddball team that starts 3-0 and every year and you're sitting there scratch your head going how on earth is this team 3-0 and and I think it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Tampa Bakers as Dan put it earlier uh, you take them at plus 180 and that gives you plus 810 on the parlay mm. plus 810 biggest one of the year going to get us right back on track for having a positive season with the parlay at this point this is the fade Maddie's Super Bowl prediction money line parlay. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a week to week league, Dan. It's a week to week league. That's why we, you know, that's right. Why things change throughout the year. Up and down we go, just on the seesaw of life in the NFL. I love it. That is awesome. That is so awesome. Uh, Lewis tasked us with picking the bet the narrative, so he didn't have a bet the narrative. He did have one, but he really didn't like it. And he felt like he wasn't in the right state to make a good choice. So he's tasked us with a bet the narrative, like what we are talking about on Monday morning. Matt, I think we're right there. I think we got to make this a triple mind melt. I think we got to talk about Russell Wilson on Monday morning and how he beat the Miami Dolphins. Like, I think that's it. I think that's the narrative. But you tell me. That could be, I would say that or that. Are- Tampa Bay, I feel like, would be bet the narrative. Lou always picks it like a big favorite for his bet the narrative. He picked his, own, his original pick was the buck stops here with Baker, Eagles minus four and a half. So that was his yeah, original. I, I hate that. Like that's, yeah, that's me too. Thanks. But that's um, on par with what he would usually do. <laughs> so. I would say we could give him, we could mind meld him with you with the Vikings, and, the, and we could be talking big right. hot seat Brandon Staley. Big time hot seat for Brandon Staley on Monday. I kind of feel better about that one than I do uh, Denver. I think I think that might be it. I think it's I think I think if the Chargers, you know, the media darling Chargers every year, if they start 0-3, I, I think it's and again, it's so prime now that they did bring in Kellen Moore. And it's like, you know, the the the, the guy that everybody's been like, why is he been a head coach? Why is he been a head coach? And now he's just sitting there in the OC just in waiting. Like, I know you don't love that as far as the future, but it is. You know that is a narrative as oh, far as everybody's been wanting head coach to be. It's so you know, Kevin Moore to be the head coach. So I, I, I think we give him the Vikings minus one. I, I, I actually like that one really good. But man, like you are playing up the Kellen Moore head coach game. Like you want it so bad. You're like, you know who you are. You, I'm gonna start calling you Oliver Twist. Please, I'm sorry, I like. I want some more. I want some more. I, I like points, Dan. I can't. I can't tell you any more than I like points. Dallas is looking yeah, pretty guess, good, Matt. Just I guess saying. I like points more than wins. <laughs> Dallas is looking pretty good. I can't wait to just say that's a great one because we can just say right to the analytical analytical community, you like that. That's a great one. That's a great one. So we'll go Vikings. We'll go Vikings minus one for the bet, the narrative. Let's get it to two and one. That's it. That's all. Uh, happy to have you back in the States. It's good to be. You know, American again, sure. But 
but never forget Albania. You always have it. Always have it. I mean, I can't wait. To, I, I'm already ready to go back, and I, I want and I want to I want to tell everybody about it too because it's you know don't yeah you, you can go to Italy you know that's like dude and like me and me and my girlfriend were saying like if we were to do it again I would love to we covered the whole country that time from from the shore up into the mountains up near the, the top of the the country but it would not be a bad little um, sunny I mean the last few days we spent in the beach and it was beautiful you do a little Mediterranean coastal you mm-hmm. stop in you stop in Italy Greece and make Albania another stop right there so I think that's I if, like you're, that. if you're ever thinking about a little euro trip uh, where you want some beautiful some food and some beautiful beaches and coastline I think that is the trip to take my friend I am a little biased but Italy's the greatest country out like uh, I've ever been to it's unbelievable. So I I feel what you're feeling. I do want to explore more. I think Albania would be awesome. So I'm glad you had a great time. Hey, let's have a great time going five and out this week. Let's let's get one of those, huh? Let's do it. We're gonna hit let's hit everything this week. Everything. No, no head to heads. We're a we're a unified podcast again. We I'm really not part are. of the I, I've left the EU and I'm back in the United States. He's turned in his passport. He's back, baby. I love it. For our esteemed American co-host Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth. I am Dan Zampano. Thank you for listening. You Get us on Twitter on Sunday morning if you want those picks. Make sure you listen on Sports Country Radio as well on Saturdays and Sundays. It's all on Twitter, all the info. You can get it at the Sunday card. Enjoy the week number three. We're almost a quarter of the way through the NFL season. We'll see you next time on the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.